Hey guys, it's Liz. We recorded this episode with the Candid Athletic Training guys all the way back in February of 2020. It was such a good conversation, we couldn't resist putting it out, but we thought we'd give you a little disclaimer that it's been a while and so you won't hear anything about what's been going on recently with COVID and the pandemic and all the other life things. We hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at polosandkhakis underscore. Hey guys, it's Lizzie. What's going on guys, it's Dan. And this is Polos and Khakis, an athletic training survival guide. This week we have a dual podcast with the Candid Athletic Training Podcast. So we have Kevin Creighton and Chad Henneberry with us. Welcome guys, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kevin and Chad host the Canada Athletic Training Podcast. Kevin currently works with Structural Elements, and Chad is currently with uh, the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. So we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules. Correct. I know we talked about this often. Oh, no I'm, sure guys, pleasure. I'm sure you guys are enjoying the snow up there. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. I mean... The current, like, two to three inches that we're getting right now, um, it's not quite as exciting as the eight inches. <laughs> yeah, that we had last, <laughs> we week. Had last week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's funny because I tell people, I'm like, oh, yeah, we had we had a game. We have our game, like, tomorrow or whatever. And they'll be like, what, what do you mean? Where? It's snowing outside. I'm like, yeah, well, we're going to go where it's not snowing. <laughs> but we're just used to it up here, I guess. But it'll still be 30 degrees outside. Yeah. So sort of just uh, like talk to us, how do you guys think of your podcast? I mean, if you haven't heard, you guys are on the lighter side of athletic training. We kind of talk about, you know, the little like stories and stuff that you guys have. So how did you guys sit down and come up with the idea? Chad? Uh, we, Kevin and I have been close friends for a, a, a long time and we've, we've talked about doing something and we didn't quite know what going on four or five years now. Uh, we're like, oh, it would be cool to just kind of sit around and we would, you know, being friends, we would get done and be like, hey, well, how's it going? What's new? What are you doing? And, you know, when he was with the Brewers, like what's going on there? And he'd, you know, pick my brain and, you know, we just go back and forth and we would just sit and talk for an hour or two hours and just talk about the random stuff that would happen and come up. And we're like, man, we should really do something with that. And then, you know, he uh, decided to to get out of professional baseball and uh, his time kind of opened up and we sat down and we're like, okay, let's, let's do something. Let's make it happen. And then uh, just kind of through several topics and just sit down and brainstorming sessions, we just kind of came up with the, the segments that we do and we just kind of went from, from there. Yeah. I, you know, just like Chad said, we've, been friends for a very long time we went to school together and then chad ended up being my first at the ci um or hit i was his first student is what i should say that's yeah. that's how it went um I felt sorry for him yeah i mean i still made it i still graduated it was, it was quite amazing um i think we might have lost a little bit and we're back um <laughs> Technical difficulties, we'll, we'll get through it. It yep. happens, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, it was kind of interesting. Do, do you guys, every time, like, are we getting interrupted at all on your end? Not really, no. 
Okay. okay. All right. We'll just keep talking. It just, yeah, we'll just keep talking because on, on our end, it like it flashes out. But, you know, you're not getting any of the good stuff anyways yet. <laughs> um, so we would sit in a, a baseball dugout and try to have fun while being athletic trainers. Um, and it would lead to stupid conversations, right, that we all have. And it would lead to, you know, why is – why is Jimmy John's better than Subway and why is Chipotle better than Qdoba? And that would always leak over into the typical like lists that people like to make, you know, what are your, who are your top five um, actors of all time? And we, we just kept thinking about, this is what a lot of us are talking about while we're being athletic trainers but how could we spin that into athletic training because it's really fun to talk about it. And sometimes it's really nice to not have to think about or talk about what the latest research is here, what the, what the most important way to rehab a, you know, an ACL is. And it just made us laugh and it made the day go through. And so we kept just saying, you know, there's something there. There's, there's some kind of, media that we can use to expand this to everybody else and like chad said it was like i got out of baseball and i i kid you not one of the first things he said to me is like all right so when are we starting the podcast and i was like i don't know i have no idea and maybe two days later he's like hey you need to come up and because we live i live literally downstairs from chad and (laughs) He had a microphone set up. He had his laptop set up. He's like, here, put them on. Like, just speak into the microphone. It's really fun. And gosh, I mean, I think two or three days later, we were sitting in front of it, sitting in front of the computer and trying to pretend to know what we were doing about making a podcast. Yeah. And it's still evolving. We still will sit down and be like, okay, what, what do we talk? We, we, more often than that, we're just winging it. Yeah. It's fun. But we're just trying to we're trying to pick out like the fun, the small details of athletic training that maybe everyone will go through and can relate to. We're just trying to be relatable. That's what it is. I can attest that we have several side conversations that have nothing to do with athletic training. So yeah. I'm sure you know like you said, everyone's having the conversations, you guys are just putting it to a microphone, which is great. Well, I I think one of the like one of my aha moments of doing this podcast was Chad sends me a text message while he's at work and I'm literally just sitting on my couch and he says, how about this for this week's? And he said, coolers, Gatorade coolers and three gallon, seven gallon, 10 gallon. And immediately like my, like my brain started going a hundred miles an hour of how much I hate seven gallon coolers or how much like I, like why, I, if I never had to pick up another 10 gallon cooler again, I'd be the happiest man alive. And then from that moment on, I was like, that's like, that's exactly what I want this podcast to be like, are these really not that important conversations, but just they, you get so involved and your brain gets so wrapped up in how important it is to use a one inch bandaid instead of a half inch bandaid. Like we, and as athletic trainers, it's like, whole, like it just, it speaks so loudly to us that I don't know. It just makes fun. 
because it's so silly. <laughs> I always explain to people who ask about your podcast that it's the the fun athletic training podcast that I feel like I feel like a lot of the conversations that go on in athletic training at a large scale are usually pretty heavy conversations. It's reimbursement and advocacy and mm-hmm. bickering on social media. And I feel like you guys right. just talk about all the fun things that every athletic trainer can relate to, but it's not the heavy topics that I feel like we're all used to talking about all the time. Well, we leave that to the professionals like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we try every once in a while we'll try and give, we'll try and come up with a topic that we think people will get something out of. Um, and we try and weave that into most episodes, but yeah, we do try and keep it light and fun and, and relatable. Um, and a lot of times we'll just say, Hey, we're going to start with a, B and C. And then while we're recording it, we don't end up, we don't even know where we end up going, you know, (laughs) D E F to, you know, T and then back. And it's like, we just talk and it's just something that Kevin and I have always done together. So it just, it kind of seems to work, you know, just have like this, you know, loose plan and then just kind of, you know, wing it. I think it's a good reminder of how fun our job can be. You know, again, like we have those random conversations, but you know, again, there's going to be tough times in our profession, but just to kind of remember that, you know, it's also fun too. And those fun conversations kind of make it worthwhile what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're going for is we, we not necessarily comic relief, but like just the, I think what we hear a lot is like, Oh yeah, it's, it's relatable. And it's the sense of, somebody that's listening to us 2000 miles away is going through the exact same thing that you guys are going through that we're going through that everybody's going through. So we all know we're going through the same thing. So it makes it like, um, maybe like a badge of honor or just something you're like, okay, everyone's dealing with this. I can do it too. It's a nice sense of community. Yes. Right. It's for sure. When, so another doggy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I was very lucky or like, I even still am lucky that like, I have Chad that I can constantly like talk to about athletic training stuff. And he has me and he's, he's got the other six or seven athletic trainers that he works with. Um, when I was in professional baseball, particularly when I was like in the major leagues, I always had two other athletic trainers right next to me that, you know, we did everything from laugh, cry to hug to um, all the above, and every single day, and we were like family that we were so close. That to me, when we started this podcast, I was like, you know what, it would be really fun is to just be that person for the high school athletic trainer that's in the middle of nowhere in Montana or something. And they have a 45 minute drive home or a half an hour drive home. And maybe we can be that like while they're driving and we're talking about the shape of ice and what the best ice cubes are to use that they're like banging their steering wheel being like, yes, that's exactly what I thought. Like, (laughs) I mean that it, it makes the podcast Mm -hmm. like run is, are those moments of when somebody sends us a review, sends us a message on Twitter or something that says, you know, I had a really hard week, but then 
I binged like four of your episodes and I couldn't stop laughing. Um, it helped me pass my BOC exam and we're like, we have no idea how, because we couldn't pass it right now anymore. <laughs> but if, if it at least got you in a lighter mood and you could study a little harder or made you just realize that it's just some things aren't that important and those things being maybe getting worked up over the small things, um, it works. And it, it's really fun to be that podcast for a lot of people. I think that's great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely the small cubes on that ice, by the way. Hands down. It's really disappointing when you go to, like, uh, a school that you think is, like, a, a bigger name school, and then they have these crappy ice cubes. And, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Where, did you, where do you get cut, get this crappy ice from? Sometimes I think they do it on purpose. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think, they, I definitely think have, they definitely hide the good ice machine mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, get the, right? Get the crappy one. Yeah. Very often, I would go on to the home side of like other baseball teams, and they would definitely have better ice than I did. Not that I use ice a lot. But. <laughs> uh, so you kind of alluded to it. It's just kind of you have a set plan like ABC, but then you kind of get off the rails a little bit uh, depending on how you guys go. Um, so how do you decide on what you want to talk about for each episode? Is it just kind of spur of the moment? Is it what I did today, or you know, how does that work? Um, you know, it usually starts with the, literally the question we ask each other, like, Hey, what do you want to talk about this week? And we, we know when we're going to record on a, a, in a particular week. Um, and we'll usually one day it'll Chad will text me like, Hey, I thought of a, an FMK. And then maybe that week, uh, you know, we did Shakira versus JLo for fictional athletic trainer like last week or two weeks ago. But the only reason we did it was because they were performing at the Super Bowl, right? And so sometimes it's it's media or not media, but like uh, society events. current events driven. Um, we send out the surveys for the the top five, so that's kind of like that self populates for us. Um, and then the topic it usually is. One of us, at some point, um, either got asked a question or something happened at work or it's just a topic that we both feel is something we could have kind of a fun conversation out of. I could go on a huge rant. Chad can make some inappropriate jokes. Um, and it, it just kind of evolves from there. I mean, we do – we have a list of – fictional athletic trainer choices and topics and, um, future FMKs. But I, most of the time, all of a sudden it changes last minute. We're like, no, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it become we like it that way because it becomes more organic, it becomes more just the two of us having a, a conversation about all of this instead of a script. Yeah. And, case in point, like we just, we're going to record our show after we get done right. doing this joint episode and, I was just on the road this weekend and something happened and I'm like, I got, I got our next FMK, something that like, usually something that bothered us about it or something like, like just something that you just notice and you don't always notice it, but it just caught your eye on a certain day. And you're like, Hey, let's, let's just go with that. You know? And as we grow, I think, um, it's, we're starting to get our people that listen to our show 
we, we ask them for suggestions. And as we continue to grow, we want this to be what a, the community wants to talk about. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll take a suggestion from, you know, somebody who's like, Hey, what are you, what do you guys, will you talk about this, that, the other, or do this. And we want it to be other people's show where we just kind of banter and we can kind of give our opinions on it. But that's, that's kind of what we're going for long-term. Awesome. Yeah, we just want to keep it interactive. <laughs> and we, we do love that. And we love being, you know, somebody, maybe somebody doesn't necessarily want to bring up. We get a lot of students that. Um, students and young professionals. Will yeah. send us in topics or questions of, you know, something that they were really wondering about, but they're, they're kind of shy or they're maybe afraid to approach their their CIs or their instructors or whoever um, about it because maybe they maybe it's a controversial topic or maybe you know it's no secret that me and Chad don't like using ice post injury or for recovery or anything and maybe there's a student out there that really wants to bring that subject up to their um, they're certified they're working with but they are just really adamant about using ice. And we really like being a voice for that. Like, by all means, send in your your questions, send in your your ideas, and we have no problem either being controversial or maybe sound a little stupid, maybe like be a little funny about something. Who who knows? We have no problem being the voice for somebody so that they don't feel alone in that conversation. Yeah, I think Kevin brings up a good point in that. Um. It's called candid athletic training for a reason. We're going to give you our real opinion on it. And it's maybe not always the most popular opinion or maybe what you were taught, but maybe it's what we found works for us. Uh, and right. that's not always going to be the same. You know, maybe, maybe we see things differently than other people and then we can actually have a real conversation and maybe we bring up a topic and uh, we put something on social media and we actually have a good, you know, conversation with people about why they would do it one way and we do it a different way and things like that. That's what this is supposed to be. You know, it's this candid. It's not, it's not, it's not hot takes for the sense of, you know, a hot take. It's just, that's our opinion and this is how we see things. And, um, you know, athletic training, as much as we love it, it can be a messy profession. You know, it's not always clear cut and, um, concise as we want it to be especially as you're going through school, you it's everything is really structured and orderly and neat. And then you find out it's not. So we kind of just bring that to light and say, look, this is a great profession. We love it. But also let's, let's have realistic expectations about things. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it great where, you know, it's not, it's not clear cut sometimes, you know, we, we learn it one way in school, but they're always saying, Hey, like when you're your own clinician, you go with what works with you and what has worked best for you. So it's, it's going to be different from Liz and I, it's going to be different from you know you guys um, sometimes. So I mean, it's just, it's a good way to you know start the conversation. Absolutely. So I'm curious to know more about you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, could you tell us about what you do at structural elements? I can. Um, so it is a, an orthopedic wellness clinic. That is, that is what we consider ourselves. Um, the biggest difference from 
what most of us know is that we're a non-insurance based clinic. Another way to say that is we are a cash based clinic. Um, the, I don't know, I guess the, the industry is trying to get away from the cash based like title just because it might sound, I don't know, maybe we're doing drug deals in the back or something, <laughs> but, um, I promise only on Tuesdays, but <laughs> so my, my clinic was started by, it was actually started by an acupuncturist and so he went to school and learned traditional Eastern Chinese medicine. And, but he was also an avid runner. He was a triathlete. Um, he worked with a lot of runners, triathletes, um, cyclists, um, weekend warriors of, of all sorts. And he started developing this, this assessment that basically led him to find out, find a different way in mapping the fascial system is really what it comes down to. So I map the fascial system every time I touch somebody. So every time I work with somebody for an hour, I'm figuring out where somebody is creating compensation patterns, where they're laying down, you know, extra collagen fibers in that fascia to create um, some sort of mechanical advantage while they're doing things. And then I work on those adhesions. And then we get the pelvis in line and then work on some postural corrections, work on some corrective exercises, and then really let the body then move more efficiently so that it really takes care of itself. Um, the great thing about it, being an athletic trainer, is I've worked in the traditional PT setting, and as amazing as a lot of PTs are out there, um, a lot of them have their hands tied behind their back. And I can go into every single one of my treatments um, with every one of my patients with no hands tied behind my back. I get to treat basically exactly how I feel is the most beneficial for my patients. Um, and it was always something when I was in professional baseball, you know, professional athletes have unlimited resources even on the lower levels in the minor leagues. I mean, these guys are working with athletic trainers that have a lot of resources and you have time, you have tools, you have um, awesome physicians that are very much that, that typical like athletic trainer physician. And I would always, I would always get questions from people of like, you know, What's, you know, like why, why does uh, player X, we'll, we'll just say Christian Yelich because he's Milwaukee Brewers and MVP and all world and everything. Um, why is why does Christian Yelich come back from um, his shoulder injury in six weeks, but mine still bothers me two years later. And I would, you know, the simple answer is one, the time with the athletic trainers, right? It's he's getting treated two to three times a day. He's getting treated every single day. He's got somebody walking around with him, telling him what he can and can't do. I mean, the the resource that the athletic trainer is for athletes on that level is amazing. And I always wanted to do that for everybody else. I always wanted to translate that into my own clinic or my own uh, fitness facility 
that anybody can walk in here and ask me not only like, Hey, why does my knee hurt? But at the same time, like, Hey, Kevin, should I buy a one inch bandaid or should I buy a half inch bandaid? Like it, I, where, where do people get to go ask those questions? And the only person I know is my mom, right? <laughs> like, mom, should I buy this kind of medicine or should I buy that kind of medicine? <laughs> like it always, I was like, man, like, I just wish I could be a resource for everybody else. And you could just walk into my clinic and like, Oh, Hey Kevin, like I was just walking by and yeah, my foot's been bothering me. All right, well come on into the room. Like, let's check you out. Um, and my clinic is the closest thing that I could find to that right now. Um, and it's, it's ever evolving, but the, the model that structural elements has created, um, it really was so close to how I was already looking at the body that it was like a no brainer that I, I need to work here. I need to, I need to expand into this knowledge base and I need to treat people, um, based on who they are and like what they do all day and not only not just treat them for their shoulder pain, I want to treat their whole body. So I tell every one of my patients that, you know, this, my goal is this is a long journey and it's not for me to make more money off of you. It's really that I I really want to teach you how your body should move, how it should function and break it down to its simplest form so that eventually you're just coming to me because you're like, Hey, I just want to see you every couple months just to make sure that everything's square. Or I started a, a new workout plan and you know what? My right hip's been bothering me again. I wonder what it, what it is. You know what? I should call Kevin. He's going to, he's going to figure it out for me. Um, we don't get to do that as a society with our physical therapists because first we got to go to our doctor and then we got to get a script for PT and then we got to go find, go to the PT, but maybe we have to go to the physical therapy place that the, the doctor owns because that's where he sent us, right? You should be free to do whatever the heck you want. And if your buddy down the street has the best knowledge of the body, then you should be able to go get treated by that person. And so structure elements is basically said, yeah, let's do that. Like let's, let's open clinics across the country and make sure that um, people are getting the care that they should get. So it's awesome. Love it. I think that deserves a round of applause like that. That whole spiel <laughs> yeah, is great. And I, I think I totally, I think we could totally relate because, you know, there's that long process to get to PTs. I mean, as in the traditional setting, obviously athletes get, you know, firsthand experience of working with an athletic trainer. But for, again, in the general population, they have to go through so many loopholes to get to, yeah to get to what they need. And, you know, just being able to walk up to you and say, hey, you know, this is bothering me. What can I do? And you're just eliminating everything. That's, that's great. Right. And then, I mean, we're athletic trainers. I mean, we, we know how to treat the body. Like there's a reason that our family members and our, our friends are the ones that like, they call us first. They don't call their doctors first. They call us first. And it's because we are, we're a first line of defense for a lot of people, but it doesn't mean that we just know how to diagnose or we know how to, um, I guess, triage a situation. We know how to treat it as well. And I think I love that I'm an athletic trainer that gets to treat everybody that walks through my clinic and not just, well, you're really good at exercise. So, um, 
we're going to send you these people that are already done with their re they're like just they're on the rehab side of it right um i got hands too you know i mean <laughs> i know how to i know how to stretch somebody pretty good so um yeah it's it's been a really fun experience it's it's really tough to go from being in sports where somebody says, here are your 25 athletes, take care of them and don't let any of them die to you got to go find people and teach them that this is how you take care of yourself and I'm your resource. So come on, come see me, come see me, come see me. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Chad, you're still in a traditional setting at a <laughs> UW. Um, but I was looking into your background because we're creepy and we do research like that. Yeah, no, of course. (laughs) And I saw that you, before that, had been doing, um, uh, outreach through PT clinic. And I was wondering if you could kind of compare a little bit working through a PT clinic versus working directly through like a school and an employer that does athletic training and sports medicine. So, uh, well, I actually started at the school directly Uh, And I worked there as a part-time athletic trainer doing one or two sports at the D1 level as a part-time athletic trainer for about four or five years, hoping to grow that into a full-time position. And then finally, it was just, it was contracted out. So then I worked at through the uh, physical therapy clinic for six years. And recently that's now switched over into uh, an orthopedic hospital institution. So, but the whole time I've still been at the division one settings. So, um, there are some small differences, um, aside from, you know, benefits, pay, et cetera, stuff like that. Um, there's a little bit when you're, when you're contracted out through a clinic or a hospital, there is a little bit of pressure to, um, maybe help them get some referral business, which I think was, is somewhat of a challenge because you're trying to take care of 35, 50, 75, 100 athletes. And then on the side, you're supposed to find X amount of people to go to the clinic. So I thought, I think that was the biggest challenge for me in that setting. Um, we had some other people who were not at um, the college setting through the clinic, but they would work um, youth camp, youth soccer, stuff like that, Diff- just different settings. Uh, and it seemed like it would work there if you're covering club soccer and they don't really have that resource. You know, if they're not playing for the high school, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're just doing club. I can understand where that might work in my situation. It was a little bit challenging to try and differentiate between, Hey, I'm working for my affiliate right now, but I have to carve out some time to actually be part of this clinic and then find them some people who are hurting and get them into the clinic. So that was, that was probably the biggest challenge in that role. Not that I didn't, not that I disliked it because there are some pros to that situation too, especially working for a state school. Uh, there's always going to be pros and cons to, you know, to every situation you're in and you just have to focus on what you want to do with it. Um, so yeah, it's, I've, I've, my entire, you know, since I've been certified, I've been working with the same group of athletes uh, the role changes a little bit here and there based on who's writing my checks, but it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty much the same thing for 12 years, I guess. <laughs> Sounds like a good gig. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like I have feelings about the PT clinic model um, simply because everyone that I've talked to that has worked through a clinic has always said the same thing. And like you said, there's always that little bit of pressure to refer patients back to them. And to me, it's like the principle of why am I referring to someone when I could do it myself? And like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to everything. And, uh, it's tough. It's tough. You have to kind of, you wage that battle with yourself a lot. A hundred percent agree with you. I just feel like I just wouldn't like it. Just, uh, just the pressure of, of sending someone back and just not being able to do it yourself is just kind of, yeah. yeah. I don't know, just kind of puts a damper on things. I think it's a pride problem. I think that I'm too proud to say that like I can't take care of my own patients, even though that's not what it is most of the time. But I feel like that would be the principle that would rub me the wrong way. Yeah, I agreed. It's sometimes just like, well, yeah, I could probably take this on myself. Um, as I get a little bit older, though, I do see, I, I notice myself kind of changing my opinion on the role of the athletic trainer just a little bit uh, in terms of um, treating it, I think I've said this on our show before, but treating it more like a consultant role. When athletes come in, I think sometimes the biggest frustration now is athletes come in in certain settings and they have an expectation that you're going to fix them. Mm. I'm going to air quote, air quote, nobody can see. Um, I can vouch that, yes, you air quoted. Yeah, thank you. Um, but our job, okay, yes, we're trying to help fix them, but we're trying to help them fix themselves. Mm. So in that, it's like that consultant, like, hey, if this was my injury, this is what I would do to take care of it. And this is what I've seen other people do to help get them back you know, to return to play. So this is what I would recommend you doing. It's more of like a consultant role. That's how, as I get older, I kind of see it. Um, and then second, and then putting your hands on people and doing manual therapies and giving them exercises and stuff like that. It's, um, kind of melding those two concepts, I guess. Um, so I guess in terms of when I was working for the physical therapy clinic, if it wasn't one of my own student athletes that I was working, maybe it was, um, a dance major, um, who said, Hey, I'm having this problem. Well, I'm not going to be able to spend time with them anyway. So I'm like, Hey, you know what? You would benefit from this. So maybe you should go check out that clinic. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I ended up kind of getting around some of those doubts, I guess, about like, why shouldn't I be doing it myself? Mm-hmm. I kind of like the consultation idea. Yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense, especially when you have a, an exorbitant number of athletes to, to take care of. Yeah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it, it the power of educating people. So for the, for the folks that are, are athletic trainers and they're working through a physical therapy clinic or through a hospital system and their their main job is, is quote-unquote a, a – outreach athletic trainer that um part of their business is you have to get people into the clinic and to these physicians that we um work with i think the first thing you have to remind yourself is if i if i can work with my athlete or the athlete's mom or whoever the coach of the the youth or U18 soccer team that I work with, um, 
if I can educate them on how to take care of themselves a little bit, you know, the, the, you know, my knee's been bothering me a little bit. It's always in the back of my knee. I had surgery like two years ago, but it, it doesn't feel like that. It just always feels like tight and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe you need to work like on your popliteus muscle, like, and you teach them how to roll that out. Right. Or you teach them how to like release that, that little moment that you can spend by teaching somebody or consulting them consulting them like it will go a very long way in that you all of a sudden can become the resource for people and when you do tell somebody hey like this is not something that i can just give you three or four exercises to do at home like you need to be in a clinic like three times a week so you need to go see a doc this is the doc that i really like these are the these are the PTs that I really trust, which is a very important thing that it, that should not be overlooked. Um, get to know the PTs that you're sending people to, and get to like know their skill sets and know what they're good at, know what they really have a history with. Um, but first and foremost, approach your job that way. Approach that I do have a knowledge that I can give you. Um, I can impact you, but I legitimately just don't have the time. And if you can impart that on people, um, it goes a really long way. Unfortunately, sometimes that's going to lead to you not getting as many referrals as maybe somebody that's just pushing everybody to the clinic. But I promise you, you're going to have a better impact on your athletes and the community. And you're going to go recognized as somebody is that people love and people respect. And so just focus on that if you are in that outreach setting. Wow, so many nuggets of knowledge. We thought we were all dirty jokes, too. I, just, <laughs> yeah, seriously. I thought that was the rap we were getting, is we don't know anything. I mean, I started this podcast talking about two to three inches and then eight inches. Yeah. Yeah, but gosh darn it. it, everything's been serious since. <laughs> well, we want to ask both of you our standard question that we ask everybody. And you that is, what is your advice for athletic trainers or athletic training students about anything at all, any topic you want. Go for it, Chad. Uh, I'm going to kind of go back to the messy situation. Um, it's it's messy profession. It's not clear. It's not concise. So get comfortable being uncomfortable and get comfortable like trying to learn how to multitask and do eight things at once and um, be put in situations that are not ideal. Um and you're going to have to practice. That's a skill that you have to practice, like practicing the Lockmans or practicing, you know, a Velgas test or something like that. It, you also have to practice interacting with people and how to do it in these situations that are, you have 15 people that walk in and you have 25 minutes to get them ready for practice. That's messy. Um, that's what athletic training is. It's uh, not necessarily all the things that we learn in class. Uh, those are important as well, but there's more to it. There's, it's interacting with people and and learning to to be uncomfortable. So I guess I would just say that's that's my biggest advice is is take all those ap- opportunities and take advantage of all those times when you're in your clinical setting to to practice that side of it where you're just you know being able to multitask and be I guess necessarily like a, a over aggressive, but you have to learn to to. I see too many athletic training students that are really passive mm. and those are the ones that really struggle. Um, 
you have to just exude a little bit of confidence in that you're going to take a risk and, and try and, and do something and get, you know, get that skill accomplished by putting your hands on somebody or asking an uncomfortable question. So just get used to doing that. That's what I got. It's good. Thank you, sir. No problem. I'm proud of your answer. Right there. Yeah. I would go right off of that. And I would, um, I would just say if you are a athletic training student or if you are a, an athletic trainer, that's, gosh, just kind of fresh out of school. Um, just know that you probably suck as an athletic trainer. <laughs> like, um, I think we all like, we have this sense that like we graduate, we pass our exam. We got straight A's in all of our athletic training classes. Um, you know, all of our instructors were like, you're really like, you're really good at taping already. Like you act like, you know, you've, you've, you have a con, you have a grasp on, you know, how to stretch a shoulder really well and, and so forth and so forth and so forth. Know that you probably aren't nearly as good as what's in your head. But that being said, no athletic trainer is good at what they do for years. We have this base knowledge that allows us to take care of people. What makes us really good athletic trainers is our, our, our quest and our kind of our thirst for that knowledge to continually, continuously take care of people better and better and better. So one thing I learned way too late in my career, which is still in its infancy, infancy to me, um, pick something to learn and try to master it one thing at a time. So if you, if you, you want to be the athletic trainer, that's three to five years out of school. Um, maybe you did a graduate assistant like position, or maybe you worked out of a clinic or, you know, you were the, the 12th athletic trainer on an, on an NFL team. Um, and you're, you're just trying to get all this experience and you, you wrap your resume in all these acronyms and different CEU courses and I'm certified in this and I'm certified in this and I'm certified in this and I'm certified in that. Like know that if you have 12 things on there, you're and you're still a young athletic trainer, you're probably not good at any of them. Like get good at something. So um, I remember really early in my uh, baseball career, my, my first year, I felt like, so we would, with our, with our pitchers, we would do these manual resistance exercises for their shoulder and for their elbow and forearm and so forth. Um, I remember going through the exercises feeling really clumsy and like, I just didn't, I didn't have a a great grasp on like how, how much effort should I be putting into this? And I would like watch the other athletic trainers and it was like, they were just doing it seamlessly and it was they were talking to somebody else while they were doing it. And I'm like, Oh my God, like how, like, how do you get to the point where you can wrap your head around that and accomplish other things at one time? And it's what it was is time. It was practice and time. So know that you can't beat time. So just stick to it, practice, whatever you're trying to practice, whatever, whether that's, um, I just really want to be better with, um, you know, my instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization techniques, right? Um, 
get really good at it. Be, be the person that is really dedicated to that one thing so that when you do want to add something else to your resume, that has kind of become second nature. And now all of a sudden you're creating this toolbox that when you are eight, nine, 10 years into your career, you are actually like this legit athletic trainer. And you start to think, wow, like when, when somebody comes into my office or somebody comes into my athletic training room, I don't, I don't have this moment of like, and maybe this was just me, but I don't have this little moment of like panic of like, okay, uh, yeah, I think I know how to handle this situation. I, I think I know. Yeah. Okay. So if, if the wrist is hurting, it's probably X, Y, or Z. Yep. They're a baseball player. So it's probably X, Y, or Z. And it turned out it was G. And the only reason that I wasn't thinking about G is because I wasn't taking the time to just master something else. I was trying to absorb everything right and so take your time like know that you probably suck and get good at one thing at a time that's what i got you are good at ranting i will say that (laughs) very good yes i am uh but yeah like back to your original statement i I think that liz and i can attest it's some days we live clinical and we feel like you know we've been clinicians for 10 years and then other days you leave and you're like what the hell just happened? Like, I don't know anything. Like, it's, it's you know, kind of taking your to your licks and your losses and just kind of learning from it and moving on, like you said. I'll tell you, I, I can't tell you how many times when I was in baseball and I would look to my, my coworker, who to me is, he is the best athletic trainer I've ever met in my life. I mean, from to work with, down to smartest, down to, I feel like he knows everything. Um, we would look at each other and we would both have this like look on our face and be like, wow, I really suck today. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I helped anybody. And it was very defeating. Now, chances are we were helping somebody do something, right? But everything, every time you tested somebody for something, it was like, oh, I, I mean, I, I'm confused. I'm more confused now than I was before. Um, but then there would be d- days where, you treated everybody on the team and everybody felt better. And it was like the day went really fast and it was, holy crap. Like I am the best thing that has ever walked this earth. Right. Um, and then the next day, you know, a brick would hit you in the face, but so just everybody has those moments and, you know, cherish the one, the times when you do feel really good about what you're doing, but at the same time, have a long-term focus of getting really good at one thing at a time. I like it. It's good. Yeah. It's really uh, knock you down a peg if you needed advice. Like, not like lofty, <laughs> everyone feels good, and it's sunshine and rainbows. It's good realistic advice. Candid. Yeah, that would be up. <laughs> Candid athletic training advice. <laughs> well, I guess it's time to... Trade hats. Should, should we flip the script? Flip the script. Yeah. Let the turn I, turns table. You guys want to do some something more lighthearted? Yeah. Like we would do? Yeah. Yes. Let's do, let's do it. Because if, if we try and do something serious, we get the rants. We do. Get, <laughs> get lots of rants from somebody. Yeah. So we try. Uh, so what do you guys, are you comic book people? Mm-hmm. No. I, I, no. I see I'm hearing no I'm hearing right. no yep. so let's give them let's give them something not comic book related what do you want to give them 
what would you rather do? You would, would you rather do a fiction authority trainer or do you want to do a, a fat? Would you like to F something? Marry something, kill something. We get, I would do an FMK. Let's do an FMK. Okay. So you're going to have to FMK. And for, I guess, the folks that have are listening. Show, yeah. So FMK is F and that's F-U-C-K. Um, <laughs> marry, marry and kill. Um, I don't know how G-rated your podcast is compared to ours, but um, so F, Mary, kill. And I think all athletic trainers have this this debate amongst other athletic trainers or, or in your own head. But so what towel is best, right? Ooh. So if you if you had to do treatments – not only treatments, but, you know, the occasional cleaning up, like, you know, the tables or what have you, um, with towels, I, I, all of your towels being either hand Gatorade or shower. Yeah. Size wise. Size. You guys are really small hand towels. You got your traditional Gatorade towel or you got your oversized like shower towel. And I apologize if USF is a Powerade school. We're going to we'll go Powerade or Gatorade. Are you, well, yeah, what are you guys? We are Powerade. It's yeah. Powerade, but we don't like to acknowledge yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> so it's okay. We all, we so, can, I think we all can acknowledge that Gatorade's better. Yeah. I, and, and not only that, you could go subcategory of Gatorade versus Powerade towels. Powerade towels are really oddly shaped. They are like, poorly proportioned. Like, what? Why are they? why are they like three inches smaller than a Gatorade towel? Like... This doesn't make sense to me. And then they, they're always so thin. Yeah, like they, it's true. I mean, they don't soak up anything. Nope. Yeah, Gatorade has like the two-sided where like one's kind of like has like some thickness to it. And the other side yep. kind of like coarse. Yeah. Like uh-huh. All, All right. right, FMK, hand Gatorade shower. Do All right. You, you want to go first? No, if you know your answer, go ahead. All right. So I think I'm going to kill the hand towel. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Wow. Because bold, bold decision. It is, it, is bold. <laughs> it is bold, but like at one of our clinical rotations, we have like we have big shower towels. We have like the medium. So they're not like Gatorade sized towels, but they're not like hand sized towels. They're like in between. Sure, it's sure. Weird. The schmediums. Yeah, the schmediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the the hand towels, which is great for like little things, but like when you're doing like big treatments or something like that, like you kind of need something with like more size to it. To absorb everything. Okay. So I feel like I would get rid of that. I would marry. The so you're, you're saying size matters. Yes. <laughs> Picking on the little guy. <laughs> I think See, I would, you're you're in trouble here, guys. This is what we do. Yeah. We I think do I, I mean, I feel like it's hard not to marry the Gatorade towel. It's true. All right. I feel like that's the the gold standard of, of towel. Just mm-hmm. in terms, again, like you said. You know, like I said earlier, there's like thickness on one side and then there's coarse on the other, so you can kind of use both. And then the shower towel is like, it's there if you need it, but like you don't really need it all the time. It's, a side, it's a side piece. Yeah. Like, you know, for you me, can... seriously, like if someone like is in an ice bath or, you know, needs like a true towel, like there's, there's some there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can't get rid of it. Like you're not going to hand them a, a hand towel coming out of an ice bath. Yeah, you really don't want to see like the offensive lineman, you know, getting out of an ice bath with yeah. some Gatorade towels. Totally, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think okay, I, Liz- that's what I'm going with. All right, Lizzie, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna give oh. you something else. Wow. Ooh, okay. Okay. 
Um, let's let's actually go old school here. This is one of our first ones. I'm gonna have you do cooler sizes. Yeah. Okay. Do the three gallon cooler, the seven gallon cooler, and the ten gallon cooler. I'm glad okay. I got the towel. <laughs> Here's the thing. I hate three gallon coolers. I think they're absolutely useless. <laughs> wow. So okay. kill kill the three gallon. All right. All right. I mm, I think I'm gonna marry the ten gallon because they're a pain in the ass. I'm a small human, so they're difficult for me you're to gonna, You're gonna marry the pain in the ass? Yeah. Because future <laughs> 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 This is this is gonna be a long relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um simply because you can like leave them out overnight, you know? Oh. I'll let them get, you know, dirty. So to reduce the number of times I have to fill the coolers, I will marry the ten gallon cooler. Okay. See, the convenience. She likes the convenience exactly. of how okay. annoying they are. Yeah. And exactly. The size they are. Okay. Correct. Right. So then that would only leave the seven gallon. Which, like, Thank I you. guess when you need it, it's there. You don't want a ton, but you don't want a little. It's fine. Oh. It's just, it's fine. <laughs> it's just, it's fine. She set herself up for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, very good. Apparently, she just kind of uses something and tosses just it. Kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> you were fine. Yeah. You were fine. Oh, very good. Very good. I like the thought process on there. And that's basically kind of what we do on our show. It's just we kind of have those are the things that you're going to get if you listen to our podcast. Is yeah. Those trivial, but yet there's a small truth and a, a nuance to all of it. And the thought process is really what we're trying to uncover. In, in all those discussions that's really fun for yeah, us absolutely. anyways yeah. it's true it's true I feel like the fictional ITs would be fun too It'd yeah like, do you give them one real quick would you, let's, let's give them one how about uh, sure real quick we'll, let, we'll give you guys well, uh, how about how about this do you guys do either of you have like a favorite TV show yeah I don't know if our favorite TV shows are the same favorite TV yeah. shows are either of you like super fans of like I don't know Star Wars or something? Oh, I do love Star Wars. See, I'm not the biggest fan of Star Wars. So He's I mean, useless. Mm-hmm. He's All useless. Right. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll just go real quick. Like, so Luke Skywalker versus Ray. I won't say last name. Yeah. In case you haven't seen the last one. If you haven't seen it by now, you deserve to have it spoiled. But I digress. Either way. All right, then, all right, so, yeah, Lizzie, we're going to give you the Star Wars one. Okay. And then, uh, Dan, I'm going to give you, you're a pitcher, right? You're a yeah, college pitcher? I was a pitcher. I'm going to, I want to know if a starting pitcher or a bullpen Ooh. guy would make a better athletic trainer. There you wow. go. Ooh. All right, you can go first. Let me think about it. I yeah. mean, okay. Well, hmm. I think. By the way, I, oh, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. I think I'm going to have to go with Luke Skywalker being a better athletic trainer. Oh, okay, you're so wrong. But <laughs> there was a wrong answer, and I picked it. <laughs> no, you can explain it any way you want. We we have our opinions. Um, I think because I don't know. Ray was just really useless for like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like the gifted useless one. She had these right. gifts, and she didn't know what to do. Right, she's just like really, raw really talent, athlete. didn't really harness anything. She's like flitted along and got lucky. So, 
She's that lucky athletic trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never seen a big injury athletic trainer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And Luke, I mean, he got his hand cut off. So yeah. he's definitely. He's the whole hand is gone. Stuff. He had to carry Yoda around for like, I don't even know how long mm-hmm. on that planet. So Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He worked okay. for it. Okay. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> All right. All right, Dan. What do you got? Starting so pitcher. I, yeah. Bullpen guy. My, they're pretty much my four years of college, I was a starting pitcher. Oh, so you're going to see the starting pitcher. Here we go. No, 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 no. (laughs) But I wholeheartedly going against, I'm going to say a bullpen guy would be better. Why? Because starters take an hour or so to get ready. We're like a bullpen guy. They have to be ready to go like on the drop of a hat. Be like, hey, Dan, run down to the bullpen. You have 30 seconds to get ready. So like, wow. I feel like in a quick like sense where anything could happen, I feel like a bullpen guy could just be like, okay, like here's what happened, here's what I'm gonna do, and like he just goes. We're like a starting pitcher may just be may take a little longer to process things in terms of like their preparation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the starting pitcher may be better, a little bit better in that rehab setting where you can plan th- things out. Yeah, I think. But, long but like the rest of the job might be the bullpen guy. Yeah. So again, I went again. I went against my my guns here because, like I said, I was a starting pitcher. But it like quick and short term, yes, bullpen guy. But like long term, like plan of action, I think starters. Hmm. Oh, good for you. I, I like it. It's a good thought process. Hmm. That's why I had Lizzie go first, so I can think about. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's again, that's that's kind of what we do on our show, and it's it's been really fun for us because that's just kind of the goofballs that we are. I mean, we keep we, thinking we're gonna run out of things to talk about. We never do. We never do. <laughs> I mean, I just had fun in the 15 minutes we did that. So yeah. I, mean, I can only imagine what you guys do. Good, good. It's fun to listen good. to because I feel like I play along with you guys most of yeah. the time. Of like, well, if I was there, what would I say? That's yeah, exactly that's what we want. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. We want people screaming yeah. at their steering wheels or whatever, and the person next to you at the stoplight's like, "What are they doing?" <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "No, that's wrong. That's wrong." Like for the last, I mean, so last five minutes, somebody's been like, "No, like Luke would not make a good athletic trainer." Exactly. He's whiny. Like, oh God, he just wants to get his way all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, what I would have my my preceptor last spring, he started listening to you guys like kind of like right in your beginning stages. Nice. When we were like, figuring it out. Yeah, it was like <laughs> and one of the first episodes, like who would make a better athletic trainer, Jackie Chan or Chris Tucker? And I think we we had a solid like ten to fifteen minutes yeah. debate on who would be better. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh. Fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely a good way to like play along and kind of like, you know, start arguments with like your preceptors and other people around. Yeah, that's that's what we want. Well, we've been so lately, you know, people have been sending us pictures of, you know, their whiteboards or something in their athletic training rooms of yeah. like, you know, question of the day or like the Mount Rushmore of uh, chips. Like, <laughs> I mean, stupid things like that. That in in reality, I mean. You know, it creates or it it helps create some like sanity amongst mm-hmm. the athletic trainers, right? I mean if we're if we're nonstop thinking about, you know, how to rehab a AC separation, I mean we're gonna we're gonna go nuts. And and I think I think that is part of 
where this whole dropout, um, burnout kind of world has come from is that we're, we're not allowing ourselves to just be humans ever. And let's be humans so that we can be athletic trainers for a long time. Wow. Yeah, have fun doing your job so you enjoy it more and you yeah. can help more people. Totally. Definitely. Wow. But it's a good way to end. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. I, Thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, oh, we definitely. appreciate it. I'm glad we finally been able. It was great to meet you guys in Vegas last summer, and it was good. To yeah, I was going to say, when we go, are you going? I assume you'll be down in Atlanta? That God all depends will. on the job hunt. Okay. Mm. Well, if you're down there, let's let's – Try and do one of these again, or let's get together. Yeah, yeah that'd be a lot of fun. So, all right. Hey, thanks right, for coming guys. on, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. And as always, remember who you are. And make a good <laughs>